Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Good morning, Monday, May 16th, 2022. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director, Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. Uh, as a reminder, you can follow me intraweek on LinkedIn, Herb Morgan, or Twitter at ETF underscore strategist. This weekly market and economic commentary is available via subscription where you get the slides, graphs, charts, the visual along with the audio, or it is available as a podcast. Simply speak to your smart device, tell them to play Herb Morgan's podcast or play Slaying Bulls and Bears. Everything you're about to see and or hear has been designed for use with you, whether you are an investor or a financial advisor. Nothing contained in the presentation is investment advice, should not be treated as such. There are no recommendations for purchase of securities or sale of securities. It's purely for informational purposes only. The adequacy, accuracy, and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Let's get right into it. Lots and lots of red last week and lots of volatility last week, including a big, big up day uh, on Friday. We had a little bit worse than expected inflation news on CPI, a little bit better than expected inflation news on PPI, but stocks continued to pretty aggressive sell-off. You can see all red across the board all solid double-digit year-to-date declines across the board. We did see fixed income catch a bid last week, and this is a little bit of a, of a divergence of what we've seen. So far for the year, we've seen stocks and bonds both sell off, but as inflation break-evens and inflation expectations have begun to come down a little bit, despite the CPI print last week, the bond market has found a bid. Long-dated treasuries up over two and a quarter percent. The aggregate bond index index up almost one percent. And our alternative indices were red, but of course um, this is through Thursday, which was ended with a bad down day. They recovered somewhat on Friday. That'll be reflected in the next week's uh, numbers. Let's get into economic data. We'll go over some of the stuff that was reported last week. Try to interpret a little bit of it for you and then get into sort of some sort of look at the broader market. Where are we, you know, are we capitulated yet? Uh, Will we capitulate? It's really, really hard to tell right now. Wholesale inventories rose uh, for the month of March, rose 2.3% right in line with expectations. Continue to see this, we're seeing very, very modest supply chain improvements, but improvements. Um, So basically good news there. Small business optimism, however, still remains mired at a very low level, Uh, came in at 93.2. It was above expectations, but it was unchanged from the prior month. Um, those Those who responded and said they expect business conditions to be better uh, went to the lowest number in the history of this data series. Responded stating that inflation is their biggest concern matched uh, the highest level since 1980, when of course we had very, very high and very significant uh, inflation. That was followed by, again, a shortage of labor. I, I know we keep talking about is all this leading to a recession and a slowdown in demand, yet at the same time, we really don't have a slowdown in demand yet, and we have this insatiable demand for labor. 
uh, in the economy. So every recession is unique, uh, and this one is uh, no, no exception. Let's get into those CPI and PPI data. CPI was expected to come in up two, two tenths. It came in up three, three tenths. Uh, year over year was expected to be uh, eight one. It came in at eight three. But those are both, those are lower on the graph. The core, which is the red, expected to come in at six, came in at six two, but still lower than the prior money. So I, prior month, I'm going to stick with my view that inflation data has peaked. Uh, for those of you that are interested in following, there's a um, uh, Truflation, T-R-U-flation, which is out on the uh, out on the blockchain. You can watch that. Uh, that's a, um, a real-time daily inflation uh, indicator. PPI, uh, very similar uh, looking graph. PPI rose five-tenths, uh, is up 11 from a year ago, not a, not a misprint. Core is uh, up 8.8%, which was a little better than expected, un unlike the CPI, which was worse than expected, but still both down. Is one month reversal of a trend? No, absolutely not. Slowdown in the increase in energy prices is certainly helping. We need to get this little piece off of the screen for you, don't we? Let's, I don't know how to do that. Let's just keep going here. Um, okay, import and export prices also high, contributing to inflation. Uh, import prices rose less than in the prior month. Export prices rose less than in the prior month. Um, so again, that's three indicators that suggest we may have peaked. Doesn't say or guarantee that we have. A lot of things can happen. Weekly claims for unemployment remain very low, although they were a little above expectations of 193. They came in at 203. Continuing claims for unemployment are very low. All of this is, is good. Uh, for the camp that would argue against a recession. Uh, for those arguing more for a recession, you would look to the University of Michigan consumer sentiment data. It fell from 65.2 to 59.1, well below expectations in the lowest reading since 2011. So this is even lower uh, than the 2020 actual recession, the COVID-related shutdown recession. Uh, Buying plans for durable goods, what people said is their plan to buy washers and dryers, et cetera, fell to a record low, stating prices are just too high. We're going to wait and see if inflation takes care of itself a little bit. Further, over the weekend on Sunday, our time, but Monday, China time, we had two really horrible releases in China. As you can see, the first one, industrial production, came in way below even the level during the first COVID shutdowns. China, if you haven't heard, is going through a massive COVID-related shutdown. Very authoritarian, military uh, shutdowns, heavily enforced, things that the American population just culturally would never accept, that level of authority and control over the life liberty, the freedom of an individual would never be accepted culturally in our country. Uh, they are getting some resistance in China. In the last 24 hours, news is starting to suggest that some of this may be easing. It is clearly not working to contain the virus um, in China, and it is devastating the uh, economy. As you know, we have a position in China A shares that we picked up, oh, say back around here when they were announcing stimulus, et cetera, uh, and prior to these lockdowns. At this point, 
Um, we just have to wait it out because we believe the, the lockdowns, of course, ultimately end. And when they do, production, retail sales, economic activity rebound sharply as we would expect the stock market would, similar to what happened with the 2020 shutdown. But that is happening with industrial production in major cities in China. And not only is industrial production way down, this is retail sales in China. Also came out uh, over um, last night on Sunday. You can see major capitulation. If you're locked down at home and you can't go out, you don't have sales, which brings us back to what we did here. We essentially did a version of that. Uh, and it really is the reason why we're living through the inflation we are today. We shut down the means of production and created more demand that is only and everywhere and always a recipe for inflation. And we're living that now. So the question really is I'm getting asked is, hey, is this over? Have the equity markets capitulated? As you know, I am predicting at least an intermediate term, short to intermediate term, a sharp rally from the position we're in today. But let's back up and look a little bit more long term and ask the questions is, have equity markets capitulated? Bloomberg Intelligence had a great piece uh, put out, uh, I think it was this morning or late last night, where they looked at the percentage of companies within the S&P 500 that go down more than 20% in a correction. And they broke it out by um, 2022 versus the average of prior market corrections. So you can see the S&P 500 today, we have about 30% of the companies that are down more than 20% from their peak. Typically, when you're going into, a, when you call capitulation, like, okay, this is it, we got recession, we had the big bad sell-off, you've got 50% of those names are down. But investors today are looking at things like bonds, they still don't pay much in the way of interest, thinking, well, there's really, there is no alternative, Tina, to stocks, and maybe we just ride this out as a bear market correction. Um, for example, in the energy sector here, none of the names are down um, 20%. In fact, they're all positive for the, return, for the year. Financials, which usually get killed if we're going into a recession, uh, are ac actually have only have less than half of their names down 20%. So from this metric, either we're not going to get that dreaded recession and capitulation. This is simply a, a, a tapered tantrum related to the tapering of asset purchases, the ending of asset purchases, and the 250 basis point rate hikes that we've had. Or if you think we're more headed towards recession, then you think, well, there's just a little more downside to go in the equity market. The other thing we looked at and Bloomberg looked at is the percentage of the companies in the S&P 500 who are below their 50 day moving average. And it's pretty high, it's about 79%, about 79%, it's the inverse of this chart. 79% of the companies are below their 50 day moving average, which is a bearish formation. But to be at capitulation like we were back in 2020 or back in 08, which is off the chart, you normally see that number more like 95%. And as I mentioned, take a sector like energy, it's actually all 100% positive for the year. Another thing we look to for capitulation is a relative strength index. We like to see that relative strength index. There we go back in the 2020 sell-off, you're down in the low 20s. This one I took all the way back to 08, we got below 20. 
I still don't think the problems of today are as bad as 08. And I don't think they're as bad as what we created. You know, we didn't have a demand problem, but we created an economic problem because of a um, medical problem, the virus. Uh, but today at 33, stocks have sold off for sure, but they don't look like they're at capitulation levels. And so the thing everybody's asking themselves is, well, will they capitulate or is this the worst over and we're going to get a rally and roll on from here? And I think that's a little unknown. I am marginally on the side of uh, we have likely gone near as far as we can, but there, there's this great unknown about the inflation numbers. We need another month, I think, of uh, another down month here. We'll be watching the daily numbers as well. So will the equity markets capitulate further and where would they go? Well, the S&Ps at around 4,000, um, you know, 36, 3,700, that'd be like, you know, a 3,000 to 4,000 Dow point equivalent roughly from here could mark a bottom if we get that capitulation. Um, but what if the inflation numbers start to come down and moderate and the Fed does keep 75 basis points off the table and does maintain the strong level of employment and does engineer a soft landing. Well, sometimes small cap stocks offer a clue. The Russell 2000, which is a great small cap index, is down almost 30% from its peak. Typically with a big capitulation, it's down 40% from its peak. Uh, and then that usually pairs itself with an economic contraction. But going back here, uh, to 1980, there have been 14 of these big drawdowns in the Russell 2000, but they don't always correlate with a recession. Only the red ones do, and they're bigger drawdowns. So whether we get the ultimate capitulation or we have capitulated, I think when we move to the recovery phase, it's more likely than not that small cap stocks may be a place to generate alpha and generate returns for our portfolios. Okay, this week, uh, plenty of economic data, but it's really all, again, it's all about inflation. So none of this is earth shattering data this week, right? New York State manufacturing, retail sales, industrial production, capacity utilization, business inventories, housing sentiments still very high, starts and permits, jobless claims, Billy Fed. By the way, we had a big disappointment this morning on, on New York State manufacturing, but the market is up slightly as I'm recording this. Okay, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, thumbs up, like, etc. I will talk to you again in one week. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.